another jm's takeover yes sir yes ma'am i am here in the studio by my lonesome once again welcome to shades midweek this is episode 186 my name is john mark Duro. i'm one of the co-hosts here at shades midweek we bring you an episode each and every week about theology culture and all things shades this is going to be heavy on the culture today Because it's the end of the year, which means that it's time to find out JM's albums of the year. That's right. I've got a top 10 list assembled for each and every one of you. Now, here's the deal. This is my list. So it's going to be very personal to me, to what I enjoy listening to. And it doesn't mean that, hey, this was the the hottest thing of 2023. This was the most listened to Sorry, Swifties. I know that Taylor Swift put out, re-released, like, I don't know how many records this year and sold out so many stadiums. Uh, This may be the only mention of her on the whole podcast today. This is not a year in review necessarily about music, broadly speaking. This is just what JM, what I have been listening to and loving and enjoying uh, throughout the year. I, I try to put this list together Sometimes we throw it in a year in a review episode, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if we just dedicated an entire episode, and I'll just be your personal DJ today, okay? Put down the CDs, put down the cassette tapes, the vinyl records. This is going to be a mixtape for you, the Shades Midweek listener, and it's going to be stuff that I enjoyed. Now, before I get into the top ten, I'm going to play you just a few tracks that I enjoyed off of some albums they didn't make the top 10. So here's a little cycle of a few tracks. That's right. Did you guys know T-Pain put out a record this year? A covers record. That's right. On top of the covers. This is the only covers album that's featured here today. You guys know this song. Don't stop believing. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world Took the midnight 
That's right, Midweek. Don't stop believing. That was T-Pain. Did you know he could sing for real? Yes, he can sing for real. There was no auto-tune on that track. Dude is a monster vocalist. This one's going to be a little different for you. This one's called Don't Understand. It's by Post Malone. Took you by surprise. Hanging on something, anything. Just like a shimmer of light. Oh, how the sword fell. I said, You're really something, everything to me. Interesting opening track off the record coming from a pop star. That was Post Malone with Don't Understand. A sad arrangement, strings, acoustic guitar, sad lyrics coming from a pop star. Very interesting. I like the openness. I like the brutality of the lyrics. That was a really interesting record from Post Malone this year. Let's move on. Somebody that took on the country world by storm this year, Zach Bryan. This track features Casey Musgraves. It's called I Remember Everything. This album's raw. I really liked it a lot. I 
girl the whiskey's gonna ease my mind Beach town dress on the drying line Do I remind you of your daddy in his 88 Ford Labrador hanging out the passenger door The sand from your hair is blowing in my eyes Blame it on the beach, grown men don't cry Do you remember that beat down basement couch? I'd sing you my love songs and you'd tell me about How your mama ran off and pawned her ring I remember, I remember everything A cold shoulder closing time You were begging me to stay till the sun rose Strange words come on out of a grown man's mouth when his mind's broke Pictures and passing time, you only smile like that when you're drinking I wish I didn't, but I do remember every moment on the nights with you You're drinking everything to ease your mind You're like concrete feet in the summer heat And birds like hell and two souls meet No, you'll never be the man that you always swore But I'll remember you singing in the 88 Ford A cold shoulder closing time You were begging me to stay till the sun rose Strange words Pictures and passing time You only smile like that when you're drinking I wish I didn't, but I do Remember every moment on the nights with you Rock good whiskey's gonna ease my mind Beach towel dress on the drying line do I remind you of your daddy in my 88 Ford? Labrador hanging out the passenger door. Zach Bryan, Casey Musgraves, I remember everything. We got one more track for you to round out some of my favorite tracks that didn't make it to the top 10 albums. We got Greta Van Fleet here, rock group family they sound a lot like Led Zeppelin the album I wasn't as impressed with but this single they put out I really loved a lot I love the chord progressions I love the arrangement dude's an insane vocalist great musicianship here Greta Van Fleet leading the master 
What a blistering track. Incredible guitar solos there. Greta Van Fleet. All right, it's time to get down to brass tacks here. It's time for the top 10 albums of the year. That's right. It was really difficult this year. There were a lot of great albums that could have went into this top 10 for me. So I really had to take some time, really had to just consider all the options. Kind of like this college football playoff committee recently. Just really look at everyone's resumes. Who Who is the best team, right? Who's the Who's got the best album? Maybe not the most deserving. A lot of conversation about that. Who's got, the, who's got the best album? Thankfully, we don't have to do that in music, right? There's no way to really look at a resume and, you know, definitively say, oh, this is the best artist of all time. You know, sure, you could look at record sales, but that doesn't really mean anything. That's just a metric that we use to maybe describe someone's success. These are just albums that I loved, Okay. These are just albums that I loved. You would not want me on the college football playoff committee, I tell you that right now. This first album is one that I mentioned not too long ago on JM's Album of the Week. The album is Cousin. The band is Wilco. This is my number 10 on the list. The song is called A Bowl and a Pudding.
Wilco. The song's kind of icy. It's like good winter weather. It kind of never resolves. It just sort of leaves you hanging there at the end, right? <laughs> it, it, you know, it's got a really kind of pretty intro going on with the chords that they chose, the acoustic guitars. But man, what a journey that is. Some interesting twists and turns. Lyrically, I think kind of sad, emotional, some turmoil going on. Relationship maybe not going too well. Maybe they're, maybe the narrator can't say certain things to this person that he's talking about. A Bowl and a Pudding, Wilco. Jeff Tweedy's a great songwriter. By all accounts, like I was talking earlier, like how do you measure things? Really not that great of a vocalist. It kind of doesn't matter, though. It fits their sound. It works. He's not going to sing Whitney Houston, but he doesn't have to. He can write his own songs, and that's good enough. It's good enough for me. It's been good enough for that band for many, many years. Great album. They are so prolific. Always putting out stuff. All right, you're really getting a bird's eye view into songs that I like. I put on some of these songs in the car when I'm with Ashley with the kids. It's like, man, this is kind of a downer. So sorry, I'm your DJ today. This is what happens. I'm not. I don't want to make you sad. There's going to be some ups. I started this whole thing with "Don't Stop Believing" by T-Pain. What could be more fun than that? But before there's some ups, there's going to be some more downs. Okay. There's a ghost in the house. Can you feel it? It moves around when you're asleep. There's a ghost in the house. Can you believe? brought it home When all these things are measured up Where's the sin in what's been done I'll build a
That's Glenn Hansard. The song is called Ghost. That's off of his record that came out this year called All That Was East Is West of Me. Now, I talked about Glenn Hansard recently. He's in this great film that came out in 2007 called Once. He had never acted before. He does a lot of singing and playing in the uh, in the movie, and I've seen him live actually several times before different iterations. He's been in a number of bands, so I've seen him uh, do solo stuff. I've seen him with the Swell season. I've seen him... Uh, he did like this acoustic, almost semi-acoustic show at Iron City one time with members of the National and like a few other musicians. And it was almost like they were just making up the arrangements on the spot. Like they had a, kind of had a set list figured out, but they hadn't practiced a whole lot. And so it was very loose and just felt very in the moment. And so I, I love his style. He's so emotional when he sings. And he obviously takes a lot of influence, you know, probably lyrically from, say, like Bruce Springsteen. He's an Irish singer-songwriter, so obviously he's going to be influenced by maybe some folks like Van Morrison. Uh, but this record's really cool, and it's cool that uh, he's been around for quite a while, kind of on the underground a little bit, but he's got a good following and he's still putting out records. He's still putting out good songs. And sometimes it's more in the singer songwriter vein. This track is really interesting for him. How about, I believe they're using a theremin, which is a really uh, interesting instrument. You should Google that if you don't know what it is. Jimmy Page famously used it with Led Zeppelin, but I believe that's a theremin that comes in on that interlude uh, in the middle of the song where they where they change keys and it kind of has that just real haunting feel to it and that theremin really provides something really cool. And he's singing about a ghost. It's a metaphorical ghost, not a real ghost. But, you know, I have this playlist that I keep on Spotify uh, for Halloween and it's like kind of songs that are Halloween adjacent or maybe mention things that you would hear 
about during Halloween, but it's like a bunch of indie music. So it's not like your typical like thriller by Michael Jackson or the Ghostbusters theme song. I have a playlist like that too. That's like your mainstream. Hey, put this on in a party, have a good time. But I've got this other playlist that I that I add to every year. I think I'm gonna have to add that one. That one that one's pretty cool. Glenn Hansard, that was uh my ninth album of the year. I mean we could go into some of the themes of that. I think Psalm 139 comes to mind. Where can I go? Where can I run from you? You're everywhere. You know all my thoughts. You see through my ways. Check this out. Here's a song that's powerful. Woo! Brooke Ligertwood. I've talked about her before. Also known as Brooke Frazier. Now this song is called The Fear of God. It's off her new record, Eight. This is my eighth album of the year.
Yes. All the saints said amen to that. Brooke Ligert would fear of God. He will be the stability of your times, abundance of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. Isaiah 33, 6. Man, what a good song. The fear of God, it's not, it's not a weakness. It's a source of strength and stability. We will be changed, the mortal clothed immortal in his name. What a great picture. I love that. I love that so much. Maybe I should add that to the Halloween playlist. I mean, that one's super intense, right? It's got some great imagery. Coming with a trumpet sound, coming with a flash of light, coming for a pure and spotless blood-washed bride. Come on. She has been putting out music for many years. She was actually kind of like a big pop star in New Zealand and Australia, where she's from. And she was got the opportunity. I guess she found herself at Hillsong Church, started writing music with the church there. I always, her songs were always my favorites, the ones that she wrote. And uh, she wrote there for many years. And she's kind of, you know, doing her own thing now. And uh, so I think for the moniker Brooke Ligertwood, which is her married name, this is her technically her sophomore record. Her uh, debut was called Seven, and this one's called Eight. It's this one's kind of like a rehashing of some of her big songs that she wrote with Hillsong, but there's a few new ones, and that Fear of God track is a new one. Speaking of sidebar, real quick. I know people may be interested in this. Real fast, top worship and Christian Christian albums of the year for me. John Guerra, Ordinary Ways, check him out. Color Vault and Be With You, it's the name of their new record. Color Vault's like a collaboration with Young Oceans and a few other artists from New York. Really cool, really cool music. Son of Cloud, We Are Created By Being Destroyed. Harvest, the album Glad. You guys need to write these down, okay? Don't forget. Write these down. Pause it. You need to add these. Harvest. Glad. She's a friend of mine. Daniel Daniel Bash's sister. Incredible vocalist. I know her personally. She's the real deal. And then, of course, Brooke Ligerwood was my favorite worship Christian album of the year. Sorry, no Mav City, no Elevation. I just don't listen to those albums as much. I don't have anything, you know, really against what they do. We do some of their songs here. It's just not, I want to put on something like that, like Brooks album or maybe like color vault, the albums that I listed, where else are you going to hear a DJ <laughs> play a Glenn Hansard song and then sandwich a Brooke Ligert Wood song in there between that and a track by heavy metal legends. One of my top five favorite bands of all time, Metallica! Luxie Turtoff.
Metallica. It brings me so much joy. If you're driving too fast right now, slow down. It's okay. It's over now. Don't get a ticket, all right? Don't get a speeding ticket. Not on my watch. Listen, when was the last time you saw a 60-year-old man rocking out? Because that's how old these guys are. They're pushing 60, okay? They've been around as a band for 40 years, and they just put out a record this year that is just sonically incredible. It is heavy. It's fast. It's, it will pummel your eardrums, and it does not let up. That song is called Luke's Eterna. I think that's how you're technically supposed to pronounce it. He says Lux Eterna. The album is called 72 Seasons. Oh, my goodness. That's actually a Latin phrase. It, it translates to eternal light. A lot of interesting things here. I got this off of uh, this little factoid off of perplexity that the phrase originated as a section of a liturgical chant in the Catholic Requiem Mass to honor the dead. There's been a lot that's been said about James Hetfield, the lead singer. I won't go into all of it, but for those who don't know, he actually grew up Christian science. His mom passed away because she had uh, cancer. She refused medicine, medication, any sort of treatment because of uh, you know what she believed, and she died when James was, I believe, a teenager, early teenager. And so he's wrote about these types of things before. All that to say, though, you know, he's been on an interesting journey himself as a person. He's battled with alcoholism. It's been very public. It's been well documented that he's been to rehab a few times, that, that he spent many, many years sober. Uh, and then I think he went back to rehab the second time maybe a, a few years ago. There's a lot to be said about what his religious beliefs are now. I don't think it's super public. People have pointed out, he's got a lot of tattoos. People have pointed out that he has like added in recent years uh, some pretty straightforward, obvious Christian imagery. And when you think about Metallica, you think about heavy metal, there's a lot of things that you associate with heavy metal. You know, you think about bands like Slayer that are, you know, just more, just just outright probably singing about uh, demonic, you know, lyrical imagery and things like that. Metallica's never been that, uh, which, I, which I've always appreciated about them. None of their music has been super dark in that way. You really have to pay attention to it to understand uh, I think a lot of people get scared. They think of heavy metal. They just think of doom and misery and darkness. But his writing is really, really good. Lyrically, he is a strong writer, and not a lot of people talk about that. He doesn't really get the credit that he deserves as a songwriter, just as a lyricist in general. And, of course, musically, they're, you know, they're completely insane. A lot has been said about Lars Ulrich, the drummer. We don't have to go into all that, but... I don't know. I, I wonder. I wonder what his beliefs are now. There's, you know, I've seen pictures of some of his tattoos that are very uh, overtly Christian. Is he a Christian? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know. He's never really talked about it publicly. But that song, Eternal Light, I don't know. It's just interesting. There's some other songs on there about chasing salvation or finding salvation. 72 Seasons. It's a cool record, man. They're still doing it. They're still pumping out music. Incredible. Incredible. We're up and down here. You still with me? That was number seven. Number six, an Icelandic band. 
that I love. Sigur Rose. The track is called Fall. There be two more different tracks back to back. The the crushing sonic sounds of Metallica followed up by the gentle wash of Icelandic band Sigur Rós. I've this is one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, they're one of my biggest musical influences. I used to be in a post rock band called The Sleep Design where we played ambient instrumental music. And while it didn't sound exactly like what you just heard, the influences are there. And I I saw them live at the Ryman with my good buddy John Ball. I guess that was last year. 
and it was just a transcendent experience, if I may say so. Incredibly emotional, incredibly powerful. And I think I heard one of the, you talk about heavy music and kind of the crossover between something that could be so heavy yet so beautiful. And I think I heard one of the heaviest guitar tones that I've ever heard at the Sigur Rose show last year. I mean, they go for it. He actually bows his guitar a lot. He uses a bow on the electric guitar. He drenches it with lots of reverb and overdrive. Kind of like if you've ever seen Jimmy Page. I don't know what the Led Zeppelin references are. That's like the third time now. I don't know. Jimmy Page used to bow his guitar. Sigur Rós lead singer Yonsi does that in a similar fashion, but it's very droney, soundscapey. That song was called Fall. They they put out a new album this year called Atta, and it's my and I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm sorry. It's it's my sixth favorite album. You know what Atta means? It means eight. So there's another, another thread. Brooke Liger would put out a record called Eight. Sigur Rós put out a record called Eight. That's pretty bizarre. This was cool because the album's like a symphonic orchestral masterpiece, right? They recorded it at Abbey Road Studios with the London Contemporary Orchestra. They hadn't put out a record in many years. And they sort of surprise dropped this one on everybody. Nobody knew that they had an album coming out. And they were like, here's a single. It came out on like a Monday. And then four days later, Thursday night, People on their mailing list get an email. Dropping an album tomorrow. What? Where did this come from? Amazing. And they have like their, they they had a guy that was in their band that left several years ago. Well, he's back. And so I think that was kind of part of the driving creative force behind this, the release of this new record was like, okay, they got, they got their dudes back. They got their, their people back, you know, the people that they feel the best with making music. And they got inspired. They wanted to go into the studio with an orchestra and crank out some beautiful, beautiful tracks. Sigur Rose, you ever listened to him before? It's an interesting journey. You can't really understand what he's saying. Sometimes he's just making up things. So if you're kind of more, you need to be, you need to uh, connect with the lyrics. You, you want a more cerebral experience. I don't know if Sigur Rose is for you, but... One of my all-time favorites. Here's the next album. Here's a song for the good folks who we pay to look for palms in each other's boots. Sure, this line is long. It's longer than my fuse. But you're just doing your job. And what a job you're doing. You're doing your job What a job to do 
boarding process Drops her off next to A childless man of business Whose cares are few Enough to voice his problems with A toddler on fumes I heard her tell him off like Who the hell are you To assess this job that you could never do Just put your headphones on And then away we So one of my favorite endings on a track this year. I love that beautiful, the beautiful intersecting, moving melodies there at the end. They're bending some things within the uh, major scale. They're kind of getting outside of it a little bit, you know, some jazz going on. Chris Thiele is, okay, so we were, we, I, I mentioned way earlier. I was like, you know, there's no way to measure things, right? I would like to propose that Chris Thiele is one of the greatest musicians in the world right now. The lead singer of Nickel Creek, mandolin player. He just, he blows my mind. He makes it look so easy what he does, and he bends time, uh, progression, scales. He can do it all. He can play it all. On top of that, he's a thoughtful songwriter. Look at the lyrics. of That's why I chose this song to play off this record. He's a thoughtful songwriter. So he sat down, you know, I'm sure with the other members of Nickel Creek, I'm not sure what their writing process looked like. Let's assume they wrote it together. He may have written the lyrics by himself or collaborated with someone, but they sit down and they go, you know what would be an interesting point of view? Uh, let's sing about... TSA agents and people that work for airlines and kind of the chaos that you get yourself into when you go on a flight somewhere and you're at the airport. And, I mean, there's some great lyrical play on words singing the Delta blues, right? He's doing some cool stuff here. And uh, it's the coolest song that I've ever heard about airports or airplanes or anything like that. Sorry. 
leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. This band is top-notch when it comes to musicianship. Just top-notch. Some of the best they've done. You know, interesting that this song, you know, talks about appreciation for some often overlooked efforts of others, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. What else could be said? The album is called Celebrants. It is a journey, too. A lot of tracks, a lot of fun things on there. It's bluegrass, a little bit of pop. That song's cool because it's just got that beautiful, like, I think she plays fiddle. It's got that beautiful fiddle line on the really fast on those choruses, beautiful harmonies. That's a cool song. One of my favorites of the year. All right, Nickel Creek. They're my fifth favorite record. We're going to kind of go back to ambient land a little bit, but this is a little different. This is Fred again and Brian Eno. That's right, they collaborated on the album. Thank you. 
That was Fred again and Brian Eno. The track was called Come On. It's off of the record titled Secret Life. This was a collaboration between the two artists. Fred again, I'd never heard of him before. He's a DJ. Now, I know who Brian Eno is. Have you ever heard of David Bowie? Brian Eno produced some David Bowie. You ever heard of U2? The Joshua Tree? Brian Eno produced that. You ever heard of Coldplay? Remember when Coldplay got real huge? And then they're trying to search for a new sound, and they come back with Viva La Vida. That was Brian Eno. That was Brian Eno. So we're talking about a legendary producer who also happened to be very innovative and groundbreaking when it comes to ambient music, which, of course, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, as I've stated many times before. Airport connection here, uh, by the way, from that last song. Some f- a famous album that Brian Eno put out many, many years ago called Music for Airports. It's an ambient album, four tracks. Each track's pretty long. It was designed to be listened to in airports. I mean, this was like, he put this out in the 70s, okay? So kind of like, real crazy stuff. They they did this collaboration record together. Apparently Fred again, he's a younger guy, probably in his 20s. I think he's pretty popular in some other countries. I don't really follow like EDM or electronic music in particular. Apparently he's a big deal. He's kind of like a Brian Eno apprentice. Apparently Brian met him on a project, kind of took took him under his wing. Dude loves to sample things. He does cool things with vocals. If you ever YouTube any of his live performances, really interesting stuff that he's doing. This is sort of like ambient house music. Like, have you ever heard of the genre house? It's, it's like this elect, electronic genre. I'm, I'm not, like, you know, well-versed in this stuff. I'm just sort of talking about some things that I kind of know, but from from the outside a little bit, looking in. But this is like ambient house music. This record was incredible. I listen to this album all the time. When Spotify gave me the wrapped thing at the end of this year, Fred again and Brian Eno were two of my top five artists because I would just put this thing on repeat in the office, get some work done, and it's just really easy to listen to. I love that song. It feels like I'm floating in space. So Fred again and Brian Eno, Secret Life track is called Come On. Loved it. That's my fourth favorite record of the year. DMB! You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming that I was gonna that I was gonna feature this album. Dave Matthews band, Monsters. Broke old toys, soldiers like 
everything I did just to save my paper queen. Devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. That was Dave Matthews' band. The song is called Monsters. The album is called Walk Around the Moon. Legendary band that started in the 90s over there in Charlottesville, Virginia. He was a bartender. And now he just tours and sings for a living. He gets to do what he loves. What a story. Dave Matthews' band putting out a new record. You know, they've been around for such a long time. Some threads here, you know, Wilco, Glenn Hansard, Metallica, Sigal Rose, a lot of these artists that I've mentioned here, you know, they're still getting it done. And that is what is most impressive to me about this. This is a strong, strong record from a band that has been writing music, from an artist that's been uh, writing and putting out music for a long time. 
and the effort is just solid from top to bottom. There's some really great songs in there. I love this song, Monsters. Once again, another song I could potentially add to that Halloween playlist I mentioned earlier. I think he, you know, I, I don't know what the story is behind this song. You know, I know he has children, so I I kind of look into some of these lyrics as like a song to his kids a little bit. But I think it, obviously deeper than that, but on a surface level, it's like, you know, nothing under your underneath your bed, just the monsters in your head. Nothing in the closet. I won't let you down. Love won't let you go. So maybe it's that. Maybe there's some other things going on, you know, touching on these ideas of the devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. It's we're, tr- we're trying to find redemption and peace. People are trying to find redemption and peace. I think Dave Matthews' band, he's probably, Dave Matthews is not a Christian, I don't think. Maybe he's searching, though, you know. Just listen to the lyrics. Maybe he's searching. You know, to tie it back to the fear of God, it's like to know God is wisdom, right? There's strength in that. There's st- You find stability. You find peace in that. To fear rightly. So I like this song. I like this song a lot. And I like this album a lot. There's a track on there called Madman's Eyes that may be one of his best songs that he's written in, I don't know, 20 years. I know that's a bold statement because there's so many songs that he has. But wow. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. All right. You've been with me long enough. I'm almost done, everybody. We're almost finished here. We've, we've really been on a journey if you're hanging on still, thank you. You're going to get a special prize at the end. Number two, Chris Stapleton. The album's called Higher. This track is called White Horse. This is my number two favorite album. bluesy, it's country, it's rock, outlaw country.
Chris Stapleton, White Horse, off his new record, Higher. I don't know if he writes a lot from an autobiographical point of view. I think he's just a good songwriter. I think because of his connection to Nashville and just being there for so many years and writing songs that, you know, he probably has... He, he probably has a good routine, a good schedule where he's just he's just writing a lot. And when you're kind of in those types of situations, you might always not be writing from an autobiographical place. You may just be coming up with ideas, sitting down with other songwriters, kind of bouncing ideas off of one another. This album is a masterclass in songwriting, period. And not only that, it's just got all of the elements that make a great record. It sounds good. The musicianship is great. It's actually restrained because you know these guys could could play whatever, but there's a restraint there that I love, and I've always loved about him. And there's a good variety of types of country music that's displayed on this record. You get more of the outlaw country stuff. You get some singer-songwriter vibes. You get some more poppier Nashville, maybe a little shinier stuff, but it's still done in kind of the Stapleton raw way it sounds like to me they they probably record these records live would be my guess it has a live feel to it like there's an energy back and forth between the players and his voice you know it's just it's just insane it's like its own instrument into itself i mean it it just overpowers everything but in a good way like i said there's restraint there it's not too much but you know the dude could sing the phone book, and it would sound amazing. If he dropped an album tomorrow, <laughs> does everyone know what a phone book is? There's some younger people that are probably listening to this confused. So they used to drop off a giant book on your doorstep. Not for me really as an adult, but when I was a kid, I remember this. They'd drop it off at your door, and it would just be a phone book. If you you know publicly listed your number, and so if you wanted to look up the number to something, that's where you would go. It was like Google, but it was a giant book. But kind of boring, though, right? It's just like a giant book of phone numbers and names. He could release an album tomorrow where he's just reading the 1996, you know, Bell South phone book or whatever. Whatever it was. And I would be like, you know what? That's, that's pretty good. He got me. That's a pretty good record. I want to listen to it again. He could do that. That's how good his voice is. I mean, did you see that performance with him many years ago with, with Justin Timberlake? Unreal. His wife sings with him. That's so cool. They take their kids out on the road, and they do like, I, think, I guess they do like homeschool. Their kids travel with them on the bus. Dude's like 45, 46. Didn't really blow up till his mid-30s. You love to see people like that have that kind of success, especially later in their careers. You know, he was kind of like a ghost writer, if you will, or just like a, a Nashville guy. Just a just a Nashville guy. Probably had a good publishing deal, wrote some songs, and I, I don't know exactly what the genesis is of all of this coming to fruition and him putting out records as a solo artist, but I'm glad whether it was himself, whether he pushed himself to do it, or whether there was some record exec or a producer, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My ears and my heart say thank you. Okay. We've finally gotten to this point. Are you still with me? Thanks for staying this long. So we've got the number one 
album. It's a long drum roll. S. Carey, John Raymond, Shadowlands. What did you think I was going to choose? Like something popular? Come on now. You know me better. Here's a track off this record. It's called Steadfast.
this is the finest collaboration that I can think of. The finest genre melting with jazz and indie folk that I am familiar with. I don't know. This has the potential to be a really groundbreaking album if you know about it, if you know who S. Carey is. And uh, I don't know if it's really been done before. And it's, it is just done so well. So S. Carey, he's from Wisconsin. Shout out to Wisconsin. It's where my wife spent most of her time. He was in the, he's in the band Bonnie Vare with Justin Vernon. You know that I love Bonnie Vare. You know that I love their music. He's been their drummer for a long time. He's a vocalist. He has his own solo stuff that he's been putting out. And it has like obviously has Bonnie Vare flares to it. But what he did on this record is really interesting. He collaborated with a dude named John Raymond, who's a jazz musician. He plays trumpet, flugelhorn. And so there's this interesting back and forth between that sort of, uh, you know, sad, melancholy, winter, fall, acoustic, pianos, uh, you know, real raw, natural-sounding drums, but then also some electronic elements that are ambient, with, like, jazz. I don't know if it's ever been done before, but I this is this was my favorite album of the year, bar none. And it's, and it's a mysterious album. You can't find much online about some of the themes and what they're talking about. And when I mentioned this album on JM's Album of the Week, uh, maybe, I don't know, two months ago or so, you know, Jonathan brought up that there's this book called Through the Shadowlands. I think that's the book he referenced. It's a nonfiction book that explores the love story of C.S. Lewis and Joy Davidman. And it, and it goes into the lives of both of those individuals. And I've never read this before. I'm just, you know, I'm just telling you what I've seen about the book. And their, their unlikely relationship and the challenges that they faced. And I guess it's like a tribute to them as well. She died from a form of cancer. And, you know, it deeply impacted, obviously, C.S. Lewis. And, and I guess he wrote... Uh, something called A Grief Observed, uh, which is about mourning and explores how, you know, faith can survive in the face of loss and suffering. This album is called Shadowlands. And when you look at the track listing for this record, you see things like morning prayer, steadfast. When we talk about God's steadfast love, already not yet. I mean, Jonathan talks about that a lot in his sermons. There's a track called Beholding. So I just haven't seen much behind the thematic elements, behind some of the writing and the and the lyrical content. Like that last song, Let Me Be Your Last Breath, Let Me Be Your Tourniquet, Let Me Be Your Steadfast, Let Me Be Your Evidence. Keep your body close to mine, I will keep you safe, no matter how far I get, the offer stands. And of course the musicianship is very, very creative, very innovative, there's a really nice balance of, like I said before, these acoustic instruments, a little bit of, uh, like on that last track, you heard almost like a synth bass with everything happening. Very, very cool. I kind of just want to play like one more track off this record, especially considering it's my favorite one of the year. So here's the final track on this record, and then we'll, then we'll get out of here. It's called Beholding. 
glorious. It's hard to say anything after that. I love how that song has that nice beginning to it, very calm. And then that jazz element takes over. It's a very atonal experience for a little bit. And it feels like you're about to just drive off the cliff. Are they about to lose control? Have they lost control of everything? The chord structure, the way it's moving, the chaotic drumming. Are they going to lose it? And then it all just comes back together in the last little stanza of that, that track. And they go back to that one chord and play this beautiful melodic chord progression. And the lyrics are, If I should call on you, leagues before the sun, all roads lead to one. If you lose your way, I will circle back. No one, no one can replace what I'd do without you. I'll always be right here. Always, always. And then it's just got that, that beautiful ending. That's my favorite record of the year. S. Carey, John Raymond, Shadowlands. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm hoping to do this every year if there's enough good feedback for it. Maybe only 10 of you will listen to it, but maybe that's worth it. Maybe it's, maybe it's worth it for me to share with you what I love. Music is so near and dear to everyone, and pretty much anybody that you talk to, any, anyone, Loves music in some way, some form or fashion. They have their favorite band, their favorite artist. I like to always discover new albums. I'm trying to keep things fresh as I get older. I get worried sometimes that, you know, I'm just going to kind of not move along with the times. And maybe in some ways I, I probably won't. You know, that's just part of being older. And you've you've refined your tastes and the things that you love throughout the years. And then at some point you kind of just you settle in with that, you know, and then you go back to those things that you love. But I think doing this podcast keeps me on my toes because I always want to bring something that's new and fresh that's just been released. And so it allows me to listen through these albums all the way through and always listening to new things. And I think that's challenging, especially as you get older. Let that just be an encouragement to each and every one of you. I, I really enjoy doing this a lot. And this was just, this was like a passion project for me to put this episode on. Those were JM's albums of 2023. There were many others that I can't even mention right now. So there's a couple of things I should say then. On Spotify, I've got some playlists. If you search like JM's favorite tracks of 2023, I kind of have a list that I just keep adding to. JM's favorite tracks of 2023, that's what it's called. Save that playlist, check it out. I'll probably do, you know, a playlist with all of these albums. I've got another playlist. I think it's just called 2023 Albums. And generally what I'm doing there is anytime there's one that I find interesting, I'll just throw it on there. So it's not like my top 10. It's it's almost like a collection of everything that's been out this year that I kind of said to myself, you know, maybe I'll come back and revisit it. I, I may not. There are albums that I missed, no doubt. It's just impossible to listen to the amount of music that's being released on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Tell me what your favorite albums are from this year. What were some things that uh, that helped get you through 2023 you know albums and 
especially for me, like more so probably when you're a teenager, when you have more time on your hands, but being a musician growing up and just loving music, I mean, you, you, you get really close to these artists, uh, in a, not like in a personal relational type of way, but just because you spend so much time with the music, you know, you feel like, you know, the artists a little bit. And, uh, so it can be very personal for people, music that they love. It takes them to different places in their life, especially when you revisit old stuff. So trying to make new memories, right. With the, with these new tunes that come out, new experiences, those were my favorite albums. Thank you so much for listening to Shades Midweek and another uh, JM Takeover. Email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org. Let us know what your favorite albums were this year. Have a beautiful rest of the year and onward into 2024. Thanks so much for listening.